Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And it is my pleasure today to introduce you to Sarah Townsend, who is a freelance expert and uh, just a, a knowledge expert on the areas that have to do with how do you actually connect you, your personality and your reality with what people need in the world so that they you can help them and build a business, right? Um, and so we want to talk about freelancers. But before we do that, can we define what freelancing is? Because I suspect that a lot of people are running around not realizing that they need freelancing skills. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I think something that's really important and worth pointing out is the fact that a lot of the people who will benefit from the advice in this podcast aren't necessarily people who would identify themselves as being freelancers. So they might perhaps prefer to call themselves an entrepreneur or a solo worker, company of one, um, consultant, coach, whatever you want to call it. So um, yeah, freelancer, basically someone who exchanges a skill for money and uh, yeah tend to be focused in the creative industries lots of freelance journalists copywriters designers web developers that sort of thing but um, yeah as I say the advice I'm going to share is very relevant to really anybody who works Absolutely. Because like how many of us exchange a skill for money? That's like all of us. <laughs> um, so, so I think, um, you know, and Sarah, you are, in my opinion, celebrated um, in this area. I have checked out your website. I was introduced to, you by, to introduced to you by a mutual friend whom I highly respect. We both respect. Absolutely. And, you know, to, to just understand, you know, to see how deep you are in terms of the knowledge of what it takes to connect your talents and skills to the world of work um, and help others. It's just mind boggling for me. But tell us how you became Sarah Townsend. How did you come up into the freelancing world? How did that happen? Um, okay, so I'll give you the, 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 the potted version. So the shorter <laughs> version of this long story is yep. that um, I didn't go to university. Uh, I ended up working in admin for a financial services company, or two financial services companies for around about six years, kind of built up my skills in terms of customer service and, um, yeah, basically sort of dealing with clients on the phone and sending them letters and dealing with the kind of basic admin behind this sort of thing. And then I fell into marketing, worked in a marketing job for the same company for a couple of years, and then took voluntary redundancy, left the financial services company and went to work for their supplier who were uh, publishing our customer magazine. And I love that job. So it was basically an agency sort of environment. It was very busy, buzzy, nice kind of lively place to work. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And after three years of working there, I became pregnant with my daughter, who's now 21 nearly 22, mm -hmm. and decided that I, I knew that I didn't want to go back to work full time, five days a week, because I was working down in Bristol and I live in a different city. I live in Gloucester. And yeah, it just seemed a really good opportunity for me to actually, you know, really bite the bullet and decide to start working for myself. I knew mm. I had the skills to offer. I thought I had all the qualities that would make a successful freelancer. And yeah, so I decided to 
jumped the gun and um yeah the rest is history 22 years later yeah yeah no and and what a wonderful history by the way when i was in england i went to a place uh to, uh or i stayed at a place called leicester and it took me forever oh. yeah it took me forever not to call it leicester, leicester. <laughs> <laughs> and and when i heard you just now say gloucester i knew oh yeah gloucester. Must, it must be spelled <laughs> gloucester yeah but it absolutely but, is yeah, but, you know, obviously the magic of this international podcast world that we live in, you know, anyone from anywhere in the world um, um, listening to you right now that has the challenge, you know, of knowing that they have skills, very important skills, right, but hasn't quite figured out how to take those skills and connect them to the place where some client is going to actually pay them money for them. That's really what we're talking about. So let's get back into that challenge. Can you maybe describe the kind of person, right, typically that you work with um, that deals with these challenges, what do they experience on a day-to-day -day basis? I think, I have to say, across the board, a lot of it comes down to a lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. So we know we have this special skill and we want to deliver that special skill to clients and people and solve the problems that we can solve for them in our own unique and special way. And quite often, we don't actually believe that we can get paid for doing this thing that we love doing, because to us, it feels easy. It feels second nature. Mm. So um, we might start off by undercharging. We might um, start having multiple bosses instead of going from being employed where you have one boss, mm -hmm. you end up with multiple client bosses and they're all dictating how you spend your time. And in some cases, even how much you charge, mm. you let them dictate how much they're going to pay you. And therefore they're in control. Whereas actually as freelancers and self-employed individuals, Part of the reason that we get attracted to working for ourselves in the first place is because we love the idea of that freedom and the flexibility to do mm. this thing that we love, to get paid good money for it, and basically to work where we like, how we like, and when we like. Yep. It's all to do with being in control, isn't it? And, and we are the boss. So there is some mismatch between what we expect of freelance life and what actually happens. And it's that situation, that kind of gap between the two that causes us problems. And this is when we kind of get stressed and overwhelmed and we can all too easily experience burnout. We find ourselves with no boundaries and therefore we have no work-life balance. So it's all about adopting the right mindset that is going to, uh, you're going to treat your business as a business owner rather than just a freelancer and taking things seriously, taking control, taking ownership and um, bringing that power back to yourself. Wow. You know, what you just shared, in my opinion, is like <laughs> pretty much a book <laughs> about the, <laughs> the, the mindset, the challenges that we experience. And I, I could see myself and feel some elements of my own journey and a lot of what you shared, and I'm sure most people can. The one that really struck me was what you started with, the idea of lack of confidence. Mm. Wow. I mean, starting from just that, you know, when we think of the imposter syndrome that we all feel, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, mm. do you have any 
little switch that you can just click on <laughs> that says, I am now going to become confident. I mean, how do people yeah, begin that nice. journey? Yeah. How do people... I'll tell you what, yeah. probably a billionaire <laughs> if I had that switch. <laughs> yeah. How do people begin that journey though? Well, I think, like you say, begin that journey. That's that. That's the key, isn't it? It is a journey mm-hmm. and it is something that happens gradually. Um, certainly, my own confidence has grown. So, I mean, my own confidence has come on so much just since self-publishing my book last year. Um, and part of the reason I, part of the way in which I've achieved that is by saying yes to things that would previously have been a no. Mm. So for example, before I self-published Survival Skills for Freelancers, I was invited to come on to a number of podcasts and talk and I just turned them down. Mm. I said, there's no way I have the confidence to just kind of freestyle with questions and answers. I'd have to type everything up first and be exactly sure what I wanted to say and read Mm -hmm. off a piece of paper. But then of course it feels stilted and it doesn't feel like a natural conversation like this is. So Start off by thinking of the things that you could go outside your comfort zone and you can say yes to these things for the first time, because the first time you do something that is outside your comfort zone, you grasp that opportunity with both hands. And there's a quote from um, Richard Branson that says, if someone offers you an opportunity, you're not sure you can do it. Say yes and learn how to do it after. That's not word for word, but that's the, that's the gist of it. And it, it, it is all about that. It's often we get opportun- we get presented with opportunities and we think, oh gosh, I've never done this before. But how do we build that confidence? And how do we develop those skills? Mm. There's always a first time, isn't there? And yeah. um, the chances are the first time, it's not going to be perfect. In fact, subsequent mm-hmm. times probably aren't going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's human and people relate to that. People can relate to who you are. If you show up as your authentic self, people will Mm. relate to what you're saying and the energy that you bring and the advice you bring, even if it isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you know, Sarah, you bring up so many points. Like I I don't know which one to start with, but (laughs) I love, I love that. um, um, The quote that you just shared about start before you're, completely ready you know don't perfect is the enemy of done or something like that you know that whole approach I love that but maybe on that on that sort of angle I want to ask you about the problem or the difference between making things and marketing things you know so many of us have skills or we know how to make things but we find that our biggest problem sometimes is marketing ourselves I mean Mm. getting known enough for someone to give us the business so we can exercise the skill in the first place so 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 how do you bring the freelancer world into the world the reality of how do I get myself known and marketed and connected with people who can pay me yeah well so many things um (laughs) so many ways in which I can answer that question but I'm I'm gonna start with what I think is the basics Mm -hmm. so as freelancers we have uh there's a tendency to feel isolation and loneliness Mm -hmm. because particularly when we're struggling with these things like the lack of balance, not knowing what to charge, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, fear of failure, Mm -hmm. rejection, you name it. When we struggle with those things, we often feel that we're alone because we don't have other people to talk to. 
Whereas if you were working in an office, you would just talk to your colleagues about these things. You'd normalize them. Mm-hmm. You'd make them you'd make them kind of smaller than they felt because you'd get reassurance and you'd you'd kind of just you, you, your colleagues would be saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, I feel like that all the time and this is how I deal with it. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that, do we? So one thing that I think is so important as freelancers is connection. It's all about community and connection. And when we make those connections with people who are in the same boat as us, so like-minded individuals. These are people that we can share advice with. We can ask for help. We can ask opinions. We can brainstorm ideas. We can collaborate. We Mm -hmm. can just communicate and support one another. So that is just something that is so important. And it's a really, really good place to start. Mm -hmm. I always recommend joining um in in the book i talk about three different strategies to find your community networking co-working and online communities mm-hmm. so here in the uk we've been really restricted lately we haven't been able to do the networking unless it's online mm-hmm. we haven't been able to do the co-working because we're all working from our own individual isolated offices mm-hmm. around the country but what we can still do and we should still be doing is really maximizing the connection potential. We can do that through communities such as LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I think LinkedIn has a bit of a bad reputation with some people, and I've never understood that because I Mm. think like any social media, you kind of curate the experience that you want or you do if you're wise to it. So you connect with the people who bring positivity, who bring collaboration and support and and that feeling of community, not the people who are like, Ooh, that person does the same job as me. Mm -hmm. I feel, I fear, you know, I come from a place of fear where that person might poach my projects or steal my ideas or um, yeah, basically that kind of, Oh no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to connect with another copywriter because yeah, they're the competition, right? Mm-hmm. But if you start seeing those people as your community and we start relying on one another and talking and just normalizing those challenges that we face as self-employed individuals, mm-hmm. we've got so much more on our side and it just helps to get so much more enjoyment from self-employment. Yeah, no, I, I talk about the power of community uh, in social velocity in my, my approach as well. And I, I think... I think that that's that's key. A lot of people miss that. You're making a really important point. Um, the bigger point that that I, I want to go back to really is about your book, um, Survival Skills uh, for Freelancers. It's really hard to sort of boil down a whole book to like maybe five sentences. But, you know, just as a challenge, if you were to, to give us the top survival skills that you've highlighted in your book, maybe run them down real quick, what would they be? Okay, so I break down the eight, what I think are the eight myths of self-employment in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't go into all of them, probably because I can't remember them off the top of my head either. But um, but yeah, so what I do is I start with some some basic kind of background on the practicalities of self-employment, the things you need, how to work from home, be productive, focused, motivated. And then the third section of the book is based on these eight myths. I start off 
identifying the myth, which is the bit that all freelancers and self-employed people can go, oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And then I go into my own experience. So this is people's opportunity to learn from some of the mistakes that I've made and some of the journey that I've taken along the way. Mm-hmm. And then I come in with the learning, which is how to practically apply the learnings and the secrets and surprises that I've kind of discovered myself through 20, nearly 22 years of freelance life. Mm -hmm. So it's things like um, people tend to think that um, you should never turn work down, for example, even if Mm -hmm. your instinct tells you no. And especially when you fast go freelance, it's just one of those things that the idea of saying no to work, which is going to pay you money, Mm-hmm. is just inconceivable isn't it yeah yeah actually you get far more enjoyment from self-employment when you start to identify the clients and the work that really fires you up and that mm. really inspires you and then you're doing your best work yeah. and when you're doing your best work it's like a virtuous circle you know that you're only going to get good feedback those clients who are happy are going to recommend you to their colleagues and their friends and their circle and community so um yeah when you have the confidence to say no to the work that is just the wrong work for you the wrong fit or perhaps you're too busy don't Mm -hmm. be afraid of saying no because it's really really empowering and it's one of those ways in which that confidence starts to grow um another thing is that feeling that um you've gone solo, you know, going solo doesn't mean going it alone. Mm. So that is the section that is all about why community and connection are so important and how really how and where to find it Mm -hmm. and how to make the most of it when you have it. And then there's that feeling that we as self-employed business owners have to wear all the hats. Mm. Very appropriate with you today, Dr. Pillay, that you're wearing a hat. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we tend to feel that we have to do everything for our business. And that's the Mm. fast train to burnout. We don't have to do all our admin, all our accounts, fix our computers when they break. We don't have to be our own life coach. You know, there are experts out there for a reason. And these Mm -hmm. are people who can provide those skills themselves and I think, again, it's something that we don't come into self-employment thinking, oh, you know, who can I pay to do these other things that I don't enjoy doing? Yeah. But if we don't outsource, the danger is that we get to the end of the week and then we realize that we've only actually spent perhaps 50% of our time mm. doing the thing that is the reason we went self-employed in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's special skill we have sharing that with the world we want to get as close to 100% of our time using our skill and making good money for using our skill Mm. so the more tasks that we can identify that a we don't enjoy b we're not good at and c that don't make us money as business (laughs) owners that should be key right that should be key yeah (laughs) The more of those tasks we can identify and the more we can outsource those to experts, we just then end up with this kind of circle, like a cheerleading team of mm-hmm. people who are all working for our business and supporting our success. It's a awesome. game changer. Awesome. You know, it's, <clears throat> what's interesting is that in almost the step-by-step step as you were going down that list, I was thinking to myself, wow, 
profitable happiness. <laughs> These people are people who have found a way to do, as you said, their best work, yeah. the things that make them happy, um, and and the things that put them, you know, that are in the path of their profit. Um, Sarah, I see you as a, a shining example of that, and I love to celebrate people who are living that entrepreneurial entrepreneurial life of profitable happiness. What can you share about that journey, the the entrepreneur's journey, and and your perspective on profit and happiness? Wow. Well, I have to say, when I first started my freelance career, I found it really tough because I was starting off my journey into being a mum and into being a business owner. Simultaneously, Mm -hmm. two things that I knew absolutely nothing about. Two full-time jobs. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. If you look at it that way, for sure. (laughs) So, um, yeah, to begin with, I... I really sucked. I really sucked so bad. And this is why I decided to write the book because I wanted to share the things that I'd learned and the mistakes that I'd made so others can, I guess, um, supercharge their own success. Mm-hmm. So get there much more quickly and easily than I did and with far, far fewer mistakes. Mm. So to begin with, I, I had no boundaries So I would let my clients set the terms, even though I was only working part-time, I'd always feel like I was at the back and call of my clients. Mm -hmm. I'd always feel like I had to be checking my email, even if it was a day that I was supposed to be spending quality time with my daughter. I Mm. always felt on call. I never enjoyed my working time because I, I had had the great idea and the great freelance dream of having this balance in my life. Mm. And it just didn't exist. So over the years, I guess I say in um in my author kind of bio on Amazon where where you can buy my book that um I built a successful freelance career with very little guidance, mm. but you don't have to. Nice. So that's kind of the idea. I, I really struggled. So I know, I mean, I've had probably 10 years of being rubbish at this stuff, maybe mm. even longer in some cases. Um, I've also had 12 years of my 22-year career as a single mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been really challenging. So for me now, I get so much joy out of sharing the things that I've learned to help, particularly, I think, new freelancers and people who are new to self-employment to, to help them really just achieve that balance and to, to adopt the right mindset and the mindset that kind of sets them on the path to career happiness Mm-hmm. I think too many books talk about the practicalities of self-employment. There are so many books out there like, mm-hmm. okay, you need a business plan. You need a business bank account. Yeah. You need a brand. Yeah. And that's all in the book as well. Mm-hmm. But it majors on this. It majors on you yeah. because you are the business owner. And without, the, without you, the business doesn't exist. Without your happiness, there is no profit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, I really appreciate your story and the several years you've invested in this. In fact, to me, this is an example of what we call the hero's journey. Because, uh, because you've been the hero of this story, you give us permission to be heroes in our story that's similar to yours. Oh, um, I want to ask you, I want to, yeah, I want to ask you one more question about the sort of the freelance world and one of the challenges that people experience and I've experienced. Um, 
you know, I've heard it said uh, that it, it, there's just as much work to do and, and effort in trying to get $5 out of a broke person as it is to try to get $5 million out of a person who can pay that. <laughs> you know, it's like $5, 5 million, really the same effort. Um, so how, how do you, you know, as you say no to certain projects or no to certain things, how do you shift yourself towards those businesses that w- there are those clients that will be profitable for you, um, that will make you happy. You know, how do you get to that confidence level to start making those kinds of uh, choices? <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there because it is entirely down to confidence. Mm. If you don't have the confidence to position yourself for those higher earning jobs and projects, mm-hmm. you're never got. You, you know, you've got to be in it to win it. And you, if you're, say, for example, you're quoting on a job and you think, okay, well, um, I'd like to charge £5,000 for this. But then you start getting in your own way because you almost think inside the client's head and think, oh, you know, or they're going to come back to me and say, oh, that's too expensive. And then there's that nagging feeling that you think that the client's going to be thinking, oh, who who does she think she is? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why does she think she's worth that much? The minute you let that seed of self-doubt into your mind, your client will pick up on it mm-hmm. and they will quibble over the cost. It's just, mm-hmm. um, it's a universal truth. So you have to inhabit the rate that you want to charge. You have to but have the self-belief. And again, this is a gradual process. The yeah. first time you say to a client, okay, I want to charge £5,000 for this or mm-hmm. $5,000 in your case. Yep, um, yep. You you probably will have a little bit of a feeling of like, oh, I'm not sure that they're going to go for this. But if you don't yeah. try, you'll never know. Yeah. yeah. And you can't ski uphill, right? So mm. start high. The, I, I always advise against actually um, negotiating on cost because I think the moment a client kind of gets inside your head and says, oh, well, this is a bit expensive. I was thinking of paying... Um, if you go back to them and say, oh yeah, well, okay, well that's fine. Like Mm -hmm. where does that leave you in terms of respect? If you don't believe in your own costs, if you don't believe in what you're trying to charge for your services, then Mm -hmm. why on earth would your clients believe in it? You have to bring it to the table. You have to have that that real deep self-belief and it does come with time it comes with practice it comes with going outside of your comfort zone and little baby steps each time yeah and 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 as you said it also comes with being able to just say no bye yes it does (laughs) another strong feeling it's so empowering to be able to do that yeah yeah of course you have to have that bread and butter work you have to have enough work to survive to pay your bills mm-hmm. to pay your mortgage yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's easy for me to say you know start saying no more you know you can't <laughs> do that unless you have your bills yeah. and your expenses covered but mm-hmm. when you do you're in a whole different zone because you're in this position where you get to choose the work that excites you the work mm-hmm. that fulfills you and the work that you enjoy and it gets you out of bed in the morning doesn't it you're kind yeah. of wow, you know, I'm working on this project today. And then you get to the end of the week, you're looking back because you've outsourced your tasks that you don't enjoy and that don't make you money. Mm -hmm. And you get to the end of the week and you think, wow, I love my job. I'm so happy that I get to do this job day in, day out. You know, so fortunate. 
practice gratitude as well. I, I genuinely think every time something happens, try to, I, I celebrate three small wins and three good things at the end of every single day. Wow. And if you can tune into that mindset, positivity however bad your day is and believe me some days it is tough to find three good things and three small wins but if you get into that mindset it's just so much more rewarding yeah no that's that's awesome um what are you uh most excited about right now what's what's a hot thing that you're 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 putting out into the world and how can people best find you on the on the web to connect with you Okay, well, you can be the first um, to officially know that okay. my audio book version of Survival Skills for Freelancers is being recorded next Tuesday. Awesome. So it'll be going live and um, available on Amazon through Audible very, very soon. And I am super excited about that because I've had a year of trying to DIY it. And mm. then I've just finally drawn a line under it and go, no, I've got a proper <laughs> audio producer editor all happening and it's all going to be superb so that I'm very excited about and for people to find me I'm pretty active on social media to be honest I'm quite easy to find on LinkedIn I'm quite active on Twitter and also Instagram not following my own advice there though because I always say that self-employed people should only focus on two channels and do them really well rather mm -hmm, than doing mm -hmm. everything badly yeah, but that's yeah. a little aside um, I guess the easiest way to find me is through survivalskillsforfreelancers.com, which is the website where you can read more about the book and the eight myths that I bust. You can um, divert to Amazon to buy yourself a copy or to download a free sample chapter. It's worth knowing. And then you can also get a link through to my copywriting website, which is the day job for me. So yeah, yeah. I'm still doing the copywriting, still helping clients with their messages. Yeah. So yeah, that's me. All right. Well, Sarah, I want to thank you so much uh, for being a guest on the Profitable Happiness Podcast. I've learned a lot and you're just, uh, uh, just it's been a breeze to, to ask you questions and get your responses and learn about your book. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.